Hello, everyone, and welcome to Diabetic Loving. My name is Sophia Basir. I've been type 1 diabetic since the age of seven, and I've started this podcast to show all who are touched by diabetes that you can have and live a healthy, full, limitless life with diabetes. I'll have a new episode. I'm trying to have a new episode every week on uh, Thursday, and today we have the absolute pleasure to have Yerachmiel Altman, who was the senior software engineer and consultant with Medtronic. And Yerachmiel was also literally the beta tester for an insulin pump, the insulin pump. We'll be speaking today about insulin pumps and the progression since being beta tested a couple years ago, right? <laughs> Just a couple of years ago. So I want to first ask, Yerachmiel, where are you from? And then when were you diagnosed with diabetes? Okay, where I am now, where am I from? Depends <laughs> on which minute. I, I'm, I'm currently living in Jacksonville, North Carolina, mm-hmm. within a mile of Camp Lejeune, largest marine base on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Um. We moved here two years ago because my wife decided we needed to do something exciting. Uh, so I'm now a lay chaplain for the Jewish Marines on base and for the community in the township itself. Very, very cool. Being a diabetic was just too easy. <laughs> I um, I also want to add, um, after we met, on like we met on my Instagram page and thank you for reaching out. Um, So we spoke about um, Hanukkah and you were just featured on the news for have like opening your house up to have, um, you know, the Jewish, uh, anybody that's Jewish that celebrates Hanukkah come over and celebrate with you guys just to have like an open loving um, atmosphere. And I think, you know, the name of this podcast, diabetic loving, I am all for the love, all for the care, all for the togetherness. So kudos to you. And after you sent that that video to me, I was like, I'm so glad I know him. <laughs> like, if, it's like really cool to know this person that is doing such great things for the community. So congratulations and thank you for doing that. Okay, so that's where I am now. Starting way back, my parents were in, I don't even know what the name of the town was, somewhere in New Jersey. The kids were all born in Brooklyn because my mother didn't believe that New Jersey had doctors. New Jersey was some kind of a swamp or something oh, wow. on the side of New York. <laughs> you know, typical, typical New Yorker, right? You know, only New York has doctors, only New York has anything. So she had her first three kids in Brooklyn, went to her mother, you know, dot, 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 and came back after they were born. Um, was diagnosed age two. Uh and, and we're talking the really old days back then. In fact, my mother was pregnant with my younger brother. She told me if she hadn't been pregnant, she never would have had another kid. And I have a younger brother and two younger sisters who came later. Oh, wow. And she said she'd never have another kid out of, out of what happened to me. She was so afraid that would oh. happen to dot, dot, dot. Um, thank God nobody else has it. Mm-hmm. But... Um, was diagnosed then, went with a pediatrician who really cared. I mean, in fact, he was our house guest five years ago. Oh, wow. Came over. He had a wedding like 
20 minutes from where we lived on a Sunday morning. So came over Friday afternoon with another old friend and they stayed through Shabbos and then went to the wedding. And it was really interesting because we went for a walk and he's watching me walk. And he's like, how in the world did you make it this far? And I said, look, I was two years old. I never read the end of the book with complications. I was too young. Right. Right. You know, Right. I just never read it. So nothing happened to me because I didn't know about him. But uh, so he moved me to an endo when I was nine years old, plus or minus. Problem was there were no pediatric endos, or if there were, they were no good. Moves me to an adult endo. And so you're sitting in the office and you kind of look around and you notice like, you know, you're like their grandchildren's age for a lot in a lot of cases. Yeah. And and you know, one of the first times I was there, maybe the third or fourth time I'm there, you know, an older woman is sitting next to me and I'm waiting with my dad. And she's like, oh, it's really nice that you go to the doctor with your father. <laughs> well, what is she going to assume, right? I'm not there for me. So I said, well, you know, my dad's afraid of syringes. So I go with him and hold his hand when he has a blood test. <laughs> what am I supposed to say? You just I, went I, with it. You said exactly what you, yeah, just go I, with it. Yeah. Right. I, I suffered for that response for three That's days. That's so funny. That's so funny. My dad was like, yeah, I'll show you how afraid of needles I am. (laughs) (laughs) And like, what should I say? He would have thrown me out if I said the truth. Right. But started with that doctor. When I was around 11, he was already playing with um, the A1C test. Way back. I mean, we're talking, if I was 11, so we're talking 1970. Right. But he heard about the A1C and he was interested in it and started started actually processing it in the lab, his own lab in-house, because there weren't anybody running the test. And I used to love going to the doctor because he would spin the blood in the office, right? He'd draw the blood and spin it in the centrifuge. And the reason I love going is he let me run the centrifuge. Wow. You know, so, uh, and he got me run blood a couple of times. It was kind of fun using the equipment. Can you give me just like a little brief, like just brief information about your dad? Because when we were speaking on the phone, we were chatting on the phone, you like gave the breakdown of how epic your father was. So I just would love the audience to also know. Yeah, my dad. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of interesting when once went to the doctor, you know, when they tried to draw blood. Yep. And. Sometimes they get it, and sometimes they, it's like they're getting it out of a bag. They're not getting it out of your body. Yeah. You know, and, and the, the nurse is going and going. And I was trained from when I was young, do not complain, because if you complain, it's going to make it worse. Mm. And I'm sitting there probably turning every color in the book, you know, yeah. like, and, and trying not to explode. And I'm looking at my dad, get me out of this thing. And finally, he, he says to the nurse, you don't know what you're doing, takes the needle from her you know, alcoholizes it, sterilizes it, says, watch this, I'll teach you to take blood, <laughs> right? Takes the other arm, looks at it for a second, alcohols it, sticks it in, grabs three tubes of blood, right? Puts it down, cleans it up, wraps it up. <laughs> and he said, that's how you draw blood. And you're you, done. Right? That's you're done. So we're on the way home, and I'm like, okay, Dad, fess up. <laughs> I said, you're a chemical engineer. Where'd you learn to draw blood? And he said, when I did my, my MD-PhD, 
I was drawing blood from live rabbits from their heart. Mm-hmm. And I it struck me after about two seconds. I'm really sorry, Dad, but chemical engineering, you're not working with live rabbits. You're working with live facilities like a couple metric tons, not, not 10 pounds you know, or five pounds. Right. And he says, no, it was MD, PhD for medical. Mm. I'm like, wait a minute, MD, PhD? He said, yeah. I said, you're a doctor? He said, don't tell anybody. Right. Right. Went to when he was in his rounds, was in the hospital. Somebody comes in with whatever the condition was. And it was like 95% it's X and you give him this medicine to save his life. 5% chance it was something else. If you gave him the same medicine would have killed him. And my dad said to the supervising doctor, Let's run that test just to make sure. And the doctor's, no, come on, it's late at night, you know, just get the guy the medicine he needs. And and my dad was protesting, but the guy said, you have to do it. So what could he do, right? He's working for him. And the, sure enough, it killed him. My dad walked out of the out of the emergency room, never walked back in. Wow. That's and really no deep. one in the family knew he was a doctor. Except for your mom, right? No, my mom didn't know. Oh. He told me under no circumstances can I tell my mom. Wow. That's um, wow, that's intense. It was intense. Um, and, and and I wasn't supposed to know, except, you know, what was he gonna say at that point? But yeah. Uh, yeah, but he shared with you. That's really, 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 really amazing information about your dad. I am um, like very similar story. Um my mom used to be a, a phlebotomist, but at University of Michigan. And whenever I would go in and get my blood drawn, they would just oftentimes miss. So right. I would just remember her saying, okay, I'll do it. Right. And just right. taking it and getting the butterfly needle and, and drawing my blood. So I, I, I get that not wanting to be jabbed, although they're doing their best, you know, they are doing their best. I believe they're doing it. their best. Yeah. But if it's anything outside of standard, it's tough. And, you know, they've had a tough day already and, you know, whatever. And plus where I was, they weren't used to kids. Yeah, that's there it is. Yeah, there they it weren't is. drawing kids, so yeah. you know. Yeah, and kids are a little smaller. Yeah, yeah. Um, my dad, my dad's response was, "Look at the size of a rabbit. Look at the size of you." He says, <laughs> "He says drawing from you is like going to an oil plant and drawing from yeah. the, from the from the well." <laughs> he says, "You're easy, much easier." Um, so I I want to get into something because um, we had a great conversation a few days ago regarding one thing I have to correct. Uh huh. I worked for Minimed. Okay. Minimed prior, when, when Medtronic bought Minimed, they got rid of all the consultants and they actually got rid of a lot of the senior staff. Okay. So I worked for Medtronic for about six, six or eight weeks, maybe a little longer, till they dumped all the uh, consultants. Okay. Okay. All right. So Minimed and Medtronic. Yeah, because Minimed became Medtronic. Okay. My my first pump, boy, would go history. So seventy nine got my first meter. Doctor said you can have it if you go on three or four shots a day, monitor your sugar, and adjust what you're taking based on blood sugar. MDI, but they didn't call it that yet because they didn't have the name. <laughs> so I beta tested MDI in seventy nine. Did it for two years, moved to a pump in June of 81. 
First pump was an auto syringe AS6, had one basal rate, and mm -hmm. I mean one basal rate. Oh, wow. You couldn't change it. It was fixed. The way you adjusted your basal rate was to dilute the insulin. <laughs> and imagine it's U40. It's not U100. So do those calculations. No, thank you. Right. I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm in this era. Yeah, that's yeah. why the doctor wanted me on that pump because he figured I'll do the calculations for all of his patients, and that's what he had me doing. Wow. You know, because I had the computers. You know, so you know. Yeah. But uh, and... it took. But the original insulin pumps, just to give a little history, because nobody realizes it, the original original insulin pumps were taken from the original chemo pumps, which is why they were fixed dosage. Because the mm -hmm. chemo, you're just getting whatever they're giving the guy, it's fixed. Yeah, that's already set, huh? That's yeah, already preset. That's, you know, mm -hmm. the, the bags are set already. The, the, the first insulin pump I had that was adjustable, it was this little screw, and you got this tiny little screwdriver, and God forbid you lost it. And you got to turn, I mean, it was the ancient, I don't even know, you're not old enough, the old LED displays. Mm -hmm. You'd have this LED number show up, the, the like glow-in-the-dark red things. Yeah. And you you have to press a button, it would turn on, you'd turn the thing and get the number, and then you'd stop. But you couldn't hold it for too long, because it was a 9-volt rechargeable battery that lasted almost 24 hours. And it took six, you got two of them and it took 16 hours to recharge. Oh my goodness. Right. So imagine I was going to college then. So I'm driving a five and a half hour trip up to college. Right. <laughs> and we used to calculate like when I get there, how many, you know, like how long do I have before I plug it in again or I'm in trouble? Right. You know, that's what it was like. And uh, they didn't go to a normal battery. Man, the first pump I had with a decent sized battery was the Ugly. That was the the uh, auto syringe Ugly, or the Ugly they called it. We always called it the Ugly. E U G L Y. So we all called it the Ugly. But it was smaller and it had a uh, had numbers on it, you know, rather than just buttons. And um, that pump, you could program it it had some features nothing mm -hmm. like today nothing like today I, I i remembered as each of the features went in because i was kind of working on features wow time. um you you have like a long history with <laughs> technology like cgms and pumps I, i'd love to have you on to talk about the CGMs? cgms later because this we are not even done with the pumps <laughs> with the pumps so yeah um and obviously it has to start somewhere, right? Like the, 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 it has to start somewhere. So of course it's going to be clunky. Of course they're going to, not of course, but what they had, they were doing the best that they could with. The best right? that they could. Yeah. yeah. It was a different world. It was a different world. I mean, look. Yeah. You see how far we've come, like with being able to give myself 0 0.01 <laughs> units of insulin. I mean, right. it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the, the infusion set you have on is stainless yeah. or Teflon? I think mine is Teflon. That's my baby. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. I, I built the first Teflon infusion sets. Was allergic to nickel. Yep. And um, 
doctor said you have to quit using the pump because you can't stay on. Why stainless steel is 5% nickel? That's why people who, you know, with jewelry, some women and even some guys have like a piece of jewelry that's stainless and they break out. It's because of nickel. Yeah. They have a nickel intolerance. Stainless is 5% nickel. That's what actually makes it stainless. So I said, okay, so if I go in the hospital, it's all over, right? You can't do anything for me. He says, no, in the hospital, they have Teflon uh, catheters. I said, how do they work? So he explains, you know, they have a Teflon outside, a steel inside. You pull the steel out, Teflon stays in. I said, how does it connect to the to the IV bag? He said, lure rock. I said, perfect. Give me a script for a dozen uh, catheters and mm-hmm. a dozen lure lock extensions. Mm-hmm. He said, what are you going to do? I said, what's on the front end of the pump? A lure lock syringe. <laughs> You attach the syringe to the extension set. You attach the other side to the IV to the IV cath. Guess what? You don't have a Gorlock. You don't have a Teflon IV cath. A, mm-hmm. a Teflon uh, insulin infusion set. And wore that monster with uh, Tegaderm four by five to hold it in for long enough to convince Auto Syringe to start making them. That is, I mean, but that's awesome. But beta that's where testing, beta testing and giving, <laughs> giving, um, is it active feedback? You yeah. Know? Yeah. Giving very active. active I, I actually, I actually spoke to auto syringe numbers of times mm-hmm. during the first couple of years, suggesting yeah. features, everything. But I would say the majority of pump features came from users. Yeah. Well, In good. the old days, the guys who started on a pump way back when were active. There, I would say there were far more engineers than anything else way in the beginning. Because mm-hmm. probably because the doctors were afraid to give it to anybody else. You know? Yeah. So having a bunch of engineers having it, it was kind of a contest between all of us. What can we do with it? What can we change? How would we make it better? Yeah. You know, it's kind of a game between all the users. Well, the, the game brought you guys to like a nice place where we are. Yeah. This is awesome. You're playing this life game. I mean, it is kind of a life game, right? Yeah, no, no, definitely. But you don't, you you know, it's interesting when, when I was hired by Minimed, my immediate boss was the head of software and, and the the one who hired me was his boss, head of R and D for the whole company. Mm -hmm. And he told me my boss broke every rule in the book, hiring me. And Right, right, and I'm feeling like, what did I do wrong? You know, I said, I said, look, was it something I said? You know, was it something I did? Was my background not good enough? He says, no, you have a better background than anybody on the team. He said, to be honest with you, everybody here is a programmer on the software side or a hardware engineer on the hardware side. There is nobody else here with knowledge of diabetes at all. Right. He said, you've got it both from a technical point of view, you know, from having studied it. And you've got chemical engineering. You understand the science of the machine and the insulin. And plus, you're living with it. I said, so what did I do wrong? He says, you're living with it. He says, you don't want someone who has the condition treating the condition. And I'm like, okay, why? Because you want a certain feature on that machine because you need it. And you don't really care about the fact that 99% of other people don't need it. Well, 
That's the thinking. That's the assumption though, but that's the assumption. And if like, again, I'm a big component of asking the real people to see what is needed and what is necessary, because that might, it is probably the majority because you're a very reasonable person, but you're also diabetic. You're living through it. So you're probably big difference. No, but there's a big difference between asking and having them implementing. Right. 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 I mean, having a hundred guys who use a bridge, asking them how we could build the bridge better is a lot different than having them build the bridge. You know, but he told me, I was like, he said, you're a real engineer. Like, you're not going to build it for yourself. You're building it for everybody. I said, listen, that's engineering. I said, I have to leave myself home when I'm working on something. Right. You know, I can't, I can't use myself as the example because I'm not. I got everywhere from five-year-old kids to 75-year-old people and older. You know? Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you like just a couple more questions. Sure. And um, then we're going to close it up um, towards the end. But what about like diabetes? Um, what are you so grateful for now with regards to um, the progression of like diabetic care? And what would you like to see happen in the future? Um, with, it could be technology, it could be whatever you'd like, because, um, I know okay. that you, you have your hand in a lot of different things. I, on the one hand, I'm thankful for the hardware. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I feel like we're moving at a snail's pace. Okay. If you notice every four to five years, no, every five to six years, something new comes out, right? Mm-hmm. You're never going to see a new pump every two years. It's every five to six years. Why? Because insurance warranties it for four years or five years, depending on your insurance. Therefore, if I come up with a new model, you can't buy it. (laughs) And I got to pay. Don't forget, it takes a year and a half between conception, very two years, between when I first think of the new model, developing it, testing it, beta testing it. I got to give it to 500,000 people to try. I got to pay for all their doctors. I got to pay for all the medical tests, right? Everything, right? The company has to do all that stuff. They have to submit it to FDA probably twice or three times. And then how do they make that money back from selling that device, (laughs) right? So we don't want to make it any quicker because we haven't paid the old device off yet, right? I mean, let me ask you a silly question. For an insulin pump, how how does the company that makes it make the money? Where's the cash? Oh, I believe they get it from the sales, right? Yeah, but where in the sales? The pump what? itself? From the pump? Mm, <laughs> I don't know. That's no. a great question. Supplies. Okay. You're, oh, yeah, because this is a, right. a, it's a forever thing. It's a forever thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Right. That's yeah. the deal. The money mm-hmm. all comes. They could give you the pump for free. Yeah. Yep. The only yep. reason you're paying for the pump is is for the pain of having to support people there to hold your hand mm-hmm. and to have the person in the field to be out there to do whatever they do in the field. Yeah. I yeah. don't know if they still, yeah, they still got people in the field, but you can't meet them because of COVID. Yeah. It's well, kind of crazy, isn't it? It's, yeah, it, they have, but it's softened up a little bit. It has it's softened Depending up. on where you live, right? Okay. Right. Here, okay. It's, it's a lot better than it was up north. Okay. Um, and so can you give a tip for people who are um, 
hanging with diabetes and friends and family helping work with somebody who has yeah. diabetes? Okay, number one, and I I can't be any stronger than this. Than than I mean, anybody wants to talk to me privately, they're more than welcome. You could put my contact info there. I certainly will. Yeah, I've got a Facebook um, support group, which is different from almost every other group. Like your group is feeling good, my group is feeling technically good. It's a purely technical group. I'm putting up all the FDA announcements. I'm putting okay. up all the company announcements, right? It's that kind of stuff. It's technical. I'm an engineer, right? Like, you know, feeling good. Feeling good is getting a new computer. You know, that's that's feeling good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, upgrading my keyboard. That feels really good. But, uh, you know, seriously, I would say, number one, your spouse and your kids are off limits. My wife is a nurse. Nurse case manager has been a nurse for f- forever. I don't want to say how long I'll get in trouble, but for a really long time and really, really knows her stuff. Yeah. I, I literally, my neurologist, I once asked him a question. He told me you're making a horrible mistake. I said, what I did wrong? I asked you a question. He said, you're living with the best diagnostician I ever lived. I ever, I ever met. He said, your wife is the greatest diagnostician I've ever met. He said, ask her if she, because if she can't figure it out, no one can. Oh, wow. Right. But on the other hand, you can't have your spouse be your doctor or your nurse. Right. She's your, she's your, she or he or your husband or wife. That's your spouse. It's not your, it's not your medical support. Right. I mean, God forbid you have a low sugar. You want your, your, you know, you want somebody there to help you, but on a daily basis, you got to do it yourself. Right. Same with kids. Right. When I had a, a pick line and my son was like, eight or nine years old at the time, and he wanted to learn to run the pick line. So I figured eight or nine years old, he's old enough, he's not going to mess up, wash your hands, you know, dot, 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 told him to do it. But on a regular basis, I wouldn't have him do it. It's just fun for him to do it once or twice to see how it's done. Okay. Right? I wouldn't have a kid give me a shot for the same reason, even though they're certainly capable of it. It's just not a good idea. Okay. It's a really good idea to get two or three friends who are themselves living with diabetes, and I would never say suffering with diabetes. The minute you say you're suffering with diabetes, you've already lost the battle. You're living with diabetes. Some of us live a little better. Some of us need some help, and we could be living better. Right. But we're living with it. We're not, you know, we're not being conquered by it. That's a horrible, you know, all those Instagram things where the guy is carrying around a garbage truck with all his equipment in it, and, oh, I'm just going for a weekend. You know, it's like, no, that's not, come on. It's, it's, it goes into to mind state and right. how you speak about things. Because if you speak about things like completely negatively, then that's what is going to be surrounding you. That's when it's going to exactly. be. Exactly. That's the way you're thinking. Yeah. And obviously, you know, just being diabetic, they're going to be highs. They're going to be lows. Such is life, right? Such I mean, listen, life. I joke around, you know, that my congregation sometimes will ask me, you know, sometimes I'll do something a little bit really off mark. I'm, you know, I'm a little kid at heart. And they're like, how could you do that? And I said, well, who told you to get a cyborg as a rabbi? You know, don't get a cyborg, get a human. <laughs> what do you want from me? I told my kids once, they're like, Ty, you're really being inhuman. And I said, you're right. I'm a cyborg. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I mean, seriously, you have, I have a couple long, long-term friends who, you know, when I wrote my books, 
right? I, I sent the books to these friends. Yeah. You know, and and they're not afraid to write back what's what, you know. Yeah. That's, you know, you can't write that, you know, you're going to upset somebody, you know. Yeah. Or, or you got to get a better picture. That picture doesn't really show it. Right. But, so, you know, but even personal stuff, right? I don't know what to do. I'm really frustrated. I got nowhere else to hit, right? I'm out of I'm out of space. Like I, you know, eBay doesn't sell like six square inches, six square inches of skin that I can inject. Like where do oh, I hit? Not yet. Like, not not yet. yet. Not yet. <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you, that's the one one of the big issues, right? When you've been pumping for a really long time, real estate becomes <laughs> more narrow. Yeah. Oh man, I, you know, when I moved to putting the CGM in the arms, it was like a lifesaver. Oh, as wow. afraid of it as I was. But the doctor told me you have to. He says you can't put it where you're putting it. He says it's yeah. not working. Okay. Right. You know, and uh, move to the arms for the CGM. And and listen, you have to experiment. You have to keep trying. But having other people in the same boat, it's helpful. Yeah. It's helpful because they're doing the same thing. They they have the same issues. You know. Um, so what I hear is support, right? Like right, you need support. Everything on like your your sibling or not your your partner your life partner your husband your wife your partner or your children right you don't um, want your support but having, there. Bad yeah, news. But having a good support group and i fully i i agree with that just having a good support system because this you know like we're humans we are right. meant to be around other people and get some sort of positive interactions and get right. real feedback so i thank you so much for that information you know. and like just speaking about that, all of that. Um, I also want to mention that you are an author, a published author, and have an amazing, cool um, uh, game called Insulinopoly. That's, <laughs> a, that's a tongue twister. It's like Monopoly, but with right. insulin. And it's really, really cool. I'm going to put a link to um, the game so everybody can check it out um, and just view your books and everything. So. I really want to thank you so much. You know, I'll give you. I'll tell you what I want in a pump. Oh, what do you want? Okay, number one, if you're going to put intelligence in the pump, mm -hmm. then feed it back to me. Oh, if you're going to change my levels, then update my levels so it's using them when I'm not in auto mode. Right. Right. If you're going to do something, tell me what you're doing. You know, when you're running on automatic and you're using a CGM. I, I'll tell you one thing I want to recommend. I'll leave you with a recommendation. Please do. Somebody goes to their endo and they're going to have blood work. Mm -hmm. Okay. Take your meter with you. A lot of us do the download oh, yeah. it, but even if you don't, right? Yeah. Take your meter. When they do your blood work, right? when they stick you, right before they do it, take a finger stick and have them write down the value of your CGM in your record. Record it in the record. When the blood work comes back in a week or a couple of days or whatever, compare the numbers. Yep. Right? Yep. Find out how good that thing really is. Because for a number of people, it is not as good as we assume it is. Right. Right. And nobody's next to nobody is looking at that. Well, we're trusting, right? Like, which right, is a really good thing. But there's a Russian proverb, like a Russian, I think it's a proverb, it says, trust but verify. Plus, right? verify, obviously. Yeah. Yep. But verify, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that um, that feedback. I um, So I just want to say, 
It's been like, I'm so looking forward to the next episode and it's been really great chatting with you. We were on the phone for like an hour and a half the other day, just talking about diabetes and life and cracking up. And there's so much more to learn, um, I think from each other. So I'm really, really grateful for that. Can Um, you, can you take pictures and put mm -hmm. them into this? I'm sure I can. Oh, I, I don't know. Actually, this, this program, I don't know if we can. Like, I think I know what you're talking about, like sharing, like the screen and stuff like that. I don't know if I can. Okay. But you could put pictures with the, with the story. Um, I think I'll, I'll speak with my, my um, editor and see, see about what we can do. Okay. There's a picture in one of the books. The cover of the book is they're on the space station. There's a guy, there's a doll floating in the space station. I think he has a goldfish he's floating with. One day you'll ask me how I did those pictures. You wouldn't believe it. Yeah. But I did all those pictures in the books. Mm-hmm. Um, and inside is a picture of them taking off in the, uh, oh, in the SpaceX. Yeah, it was a SpaceX capsule with the with the two stuffed animals. And one of them has a couple stuffed, like little stuffed deer or something, like pets in their lap for the takeoff. Oh, wow. Yeah, I love that picture. Okay. Because it's like, you can live with it, right? Don't be, you can thrive. You can, it's like I said, limitless. You don't have, like, you just got to take your sugar first, right? Three months, three months after I got my first pump, I learned to fly. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I'm working on a Marine base. (laughs) I'm afraid to tell you some of the things I've done there. Well, and I'm sure you will tell me some of most of them because <laughs> no, I can only tell you the things I'm allowed. You know, listen, when you're an engineer, right, you you work on a bunch of interesting things. Yeah. You know, digital photography. I worked on on digital photography before anybody knew what it was because of a project I was on. You know, we I worked I, I actually worked on the software for the first all in one printer. You've, way back when. I, Literally all done pretty much it all, but I, I have, I'm going to close you have that. To kill this, yeah. Yeah. Um, so to all who are listening um, or watching, I'd like to have a truly audience engaged podcast. So please email your questions and episode suggestions to me at diabetic loving, uh, diabetic loving at gmail.com. And um, thank you so much for joining me. Um, and everybody who's watching, thank you so much for watching and or listening. And we, I look forward to seeing you again soon. So until we meet again, happy new year. And I will chat with you soon. Thank you. Have a good one. When your editor, when your editor,